Hello and you're very welcome to Mind Your Own Business, the new podcast from the Meath Chronicle looking at all things business and enterprise in County Meath. Each week we speak to a guest from big business, SMEs and local entrepreneurs making a name for themselves in the Royal County and beyond. My name is Gavin Becton, editor with the Meath Chronicle and you can get in touch with the show with news at meathchronicle.ie. We'd love to hear from you. My very special guest this week is John Cunningham, Managing Director of Epicom Food Limited, based in the Enterprise Centre in Navan. John is a qualified industrial engineer and has worked in the electronics, packaging and industrial services sectors before setting up Epicom in 1999 with Tom McDonald. Epicom is a specialist food manufacturing company. It manufactures private label dairy-based foods and breakfast cereals for local and international markets. Epicom has grown substantially over the last four years and now boasts its own in-house R&D facility where it is focused on developing products specifically for international markets. So, John, can I just ask you, start by asking about Epicom. It's not a company here, a huge amount, but, but it's fair to call you a major employer in the town. Would that be true to say? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we started off in the Enterprise Centre uh, here in Avon uh, with two staff in 1999. Um, and it was growing up to a stage where we have three companies in Ireland uh, employing uh, about 350 people. So, yeah, uh, we've become a major employer. Uh, we've built our business around building relationships with other uh, companies. So a lot of our business is uh, what we would call business to business, um, where we form very, very strong relationships. And some of those uh, um, more exciting opportunities in the future are, are big international uh, relationships into um, expanding markets, particularly Asia, uh, the Middle East and Africa. Okay. And t- tell me, what essentially is, is Epicom? What, what, what does it specialise in? So we have three business units. Uh, the business unit here in uh, Navin is a food manufacturing company, um, and it manufactures uh, high-end retail milk powder products, products like sports nutrition and uh, um, you know, nutritional products like that in, in fully finished retail form, brands that people would see. Uh, but we, we manufacture those products for our clients. Uh, we also produce a, <clears throat> a large range of high-end breakfast cereals, uh, products that you would see on shelf in the likes of Aldi and Little and uh, companies like that. Uh, and we manufacture those also for our clients. Um, um, that's you know mainly what we do in Navan. Uh, we have our own R&D facility, and then now we're building new products, retail products for these new markets, particularly markets like China. Um, okay. So what, what's the, what's the process? Because Epicom, you're not producing these cereals or, or, or maybe for yourselves, you're producing them for clients. So yeah. how, how does that process uh, begin? How, how does a client come to you? How do they find Epicom? And then what, what, what's the process thereafter? I suppose um, we have a lot of international food accreditations. And because of that, we're registered with a whole lot of different authorities. Um, like, for example, we're registered on the Chinese government website as an approved manufacturer for milk powder products for China. Uh, we're registered in Ireland um, as a food facility for, with the capability to produce for retail, uh, likewise in the UK, Germany. So we, we have a lot of international food standards and, and those standards um, give us um, credibility, I suppose, in, in the marketplace. Uh, on top of that, we have track record now. So we've been putting products into the market for probably uh, 13, 14 years now. Um, so the retailers know us, the distributors know us. And what tends to happen is that they come to us looking for a solution and that they want a, a new product category developed or they want um, some, some sort of uh, attribute. So like, for example, a gluten-free solution, uh, they want a clean label solution. They want something technical. So uh, we tend not to make mainstream products. Our products are all um, high-end, high-value-added products. Mm-hmm. The, 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 
the, the products that you make and the speci the specialization that you have in those products is is obviously in high demand. Mm. But also the the trail that you've blazed on international markets and opening up these frontiers for, for companies is, is obviously a, a, a very potent mix for you know potential uh, expanding food companies. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm involved in a, a lot of different initiatives. I suppose the Buying Valley Food um, Innovation District is, is one. Um, but again, um, yeah, opening up these foreign markets is not easy. Um, a lot of these trails that we're blazing haven't been opened. Um, we are trying to build high-value-added products manufactured in Ireland for export. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking for new customers who have new requirements. So everything we do is highly innovative, um, but because of that, it's, it's highly challenging. Um, dealing with, commercially with, all these new customers, uh, regulatory-wise, um, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of hard work. Um, at each stage, we think we're, we're getting closer, and at each stage, then the goal moves on, and, and the, the, I suppose the, uh, the, the job of work gets bigger. So we've, we've been at it 19 years. We're not even, you know, we're just barely scratching the surface. Really? In, in terms of international markets, is there is there one particular territory that's tougher than the others to crack? or is China, China is the tough one. Um, for example, we've been working on that now for six years. Um, we haven't yet shipped product. Um, we had to get the accreditations first to have the capability to be able to produce product for China, which we got. Uh, that was over a two-year process. Um, and then slowly but surely, we have to build up uh, credibility with the Chinese market. Um, we have a number of projects which are 80-90% uh, complete. Some of those projects have, have been in the making for two, three years since we got our accreditation. Um, so it's, it's a long, slow, expensive uh, process. Is, the, is that something that prospective, you know, developers, food developers and, and, and companies that want to expand in, into these territories, they don't appreciate or realise that the work that needs to go in or that has gone in? Uh, um, I think they appreciate it. Uh, you know, well, I suppose it's very hard to appreciate some things until they've experienced them. Uh, but um, if you look at the, the, the landscape for food manufacturing companies in Ireland, there are a big bunch of very, very successful, very large companies. Who are world leaders, mm. you know the Glambias and Kerrys of this world, absolute world leaders. And then now I'm in the sort of the milk powder and dry food side. So there's there's the same side in, in the meat, and there's the same side in whiskies and all. That. So there are world leaders uh, mm. in terms of that. And then there is a huge amount of companies who are small, uh, but crossing over into a middle-sized food company um, to be able to tap into some of these international markets is very very difficult. Um, for example, in China, you have to have the capacity already there before you can tender for a project. Um, so you have to put the car before the horse. And for a lot of small companies, they can't afford to do it. Because it involves a lot of backwards and forwards from China trying to establish these relationships? You, you basically are, are, are promoting your existing capacity that's available to service the Chinese market. And to do that, you have to have it. So um, the Chinese market, for example, is not interested in small volume. So you have to have the capacity to do very large volume mm. available now. But you know who has the money to be able to put in redundant capacity in the food industry? It's a very difficult thing.
And in, in terms of the, the, the companies that, that would come to you would, you, would you be able to either see them off at the door and say, look, if you're looking to get to China, you're not ready. You need to go back to the drawing board and you need to do A, B, C and D before we could even yeah, think I'm, about putting it into China. Yeah, I mean, we, there are, yeah, we, we get a lot of people who come to the door um, who are not ready. Um, we, we're, we're completely focused on business solutions. So it's not about what products can we develop. It's about what business can we develop successfully, which is a slightly different thing. So for us, it's not about whether we can make the product as a technical challenge. It's about whether money can be made making mm -hmm. the product. And therefore, can the product generate a profit, which is going to generate a profitable business. And I think a lot of people uh, focus on, on the product without focusing on the customer. Um, you know, it's actually relatively easy to make products, um, but it's not easy to make products profitably. And for a particular market. And for a particular market. So for us, we focus on customer first. We're quite confident that we can make the product if we know what the product is meant to do. So you know, what, what price does the product need to be? What attributes does the product need to have? What country does, is, the product, is the target? Who is the end target consumer? Uh, what is the range of products required? What's the timing required? What is the registration required? So we would look at that from a feasibility point of view first knowing confidently we can build a product. Mm. So I think people think because they can build a food product, you can build a food business, but that's not the case. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about the, the Boyne Valley Food Innovation District and, and, and your role with them and, and Meat Enterprise and um, you know, developing that, that, that side of business. Yeah, I mean, um, um, Gary Amar is, is you know, the Meat Enterprise um, uh, general manager and himself and myself have been you know, working on the, the Bind Valley Food Innovation District now for probably five years, um, looking to see can we leverage some of the learning. So, for example, you know, if we learn how to open up a market for a product into, for our, uh, eventually we get into China, uh, why make it so hard for us the second person through? Uh, there are a load of learnings, and we were talking earlier, you know, that, that are learned. And they need to be passed on. There's no need for someone to spend four years making a whole load of, uh, you know, basic mistakes based purely on the fact that they simply didn't know. You know, they, they made good decisions, but they nobody shared any experience with them. And that just leads to waste. And that's unnecessary waste. So the, our view is that, you know, if we learn how to do something well, we should share that. Uh, and I'd let I'd, I'd maybe people start on the fourth rung of the ladder or the fifth rung of the ladder um, and instead of wasting all the money getting there they then have some resources left to be able to complete um, that first initial stage in terms of uh, internationalizing a food business is extremely uh, difficult uh, but it is known and when people know it the, our argument would be that it should be shared for the greater good I suppose of initially NAVA uh, meat, art. Um, again, we're also passionate about regional development, um, and that a lot of this food-related business is 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 rural business. Um, most food industry is based outside of Dublin, and uh, most um, secondary processing or people feeding off that industry are based uh, outside of Dublin. So, if we can help build high-value-added products then that will lead to regional jobs eventually. Um, and what we're trying to do, I suppose, is, is pool our learning uh, to help people um, not have to go through the same 
process. It, it'll still be tough, mm. but maybe not just as tough. But you, you, you have a number, there's a number of local yeah. entrepreneurs and business leaders from this area, from me, involved on, on that board and on, yeah. on that committee and steering committee, which yeah, is right. Mean, there are some amazing people. And again, we, 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 it's amazing when you sit down and, and you, you talk, everyone shares the same sort of um, uh, outlook on things. And you've got your, you know, your, your Don Meats and your Tato's and, you know, and Ray Coyle and, and all those kind of people, you know, kind of who, when you sit down, they're just as passionate. Mm. Um, and they are they are doing it as well. So these aren't people who are are saying, well, you should. And they are they are doing. Mm. You know, they are driving rural development in places where you know you take Ray Cotton, you know, as an example. And you said, you know, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing, um, and he's doing it purely. I would have said, man, it's passion. It's that I am going doing this, and uh, there is that drive, and and there is a. There's a massive. He has a massive passion for county meat, mm-hmm. um, which he lives. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not. He lives. It, he does it. Um, and when he reaches one goal, he moves it on, and he moves on to the next one. And when that one is just about eighty percent complete, he's already planning the next one. You know, and uh, you know, it's people like that that fill you full of energy, that show you what you can do. Um, I, I'm a retort man. Um, I remember. Uh, 20 years ago when it was and I look at it today and it's wow you know what the whole development around Tato Park is just absolutely amazing and you said that in your in your Q&A which will feature in the paper is, is when you're reaching your goals and you're just about to reach them you push them away again yeah. because otherwise what's the point well you know you talk to Ray Coyle there is no end in sight mm. there's there are some immediate targets and then there's no, there's more plans cooking all the time, um, and I think you know you need to be like that. I, um, someone said to me once, it's very disappointing if you actually reach your end goal while you're alive. <laughs> so true, yeah. What's next? What's next? So what do, what do you do on a Monday morning if you're finished on a Sunday night? Sure, sure. So you can never be finished. Yeah. And uh, talk about being finished. Let's talk about starting. Where did yeah. the, where did the John Cunningham's uh, story begin in terms of? Uh, you know, uh, from 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 where you are now, from where you started. What what was the what well, was the the, uh, the, the yeah, I, I grew line? up I grew up on a twenty acre um, small farm in West Clare. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough. I uh, went to the Christian Brothers and got a good education in West Clare. Um, and then I went to UCG um, and did engineering in UCG. I started out in the electronics industry, um, and then I went into the packaging industry. Um, but probably from a very early age, I. I I, I wanted to have my own business. It was something that, that was in me from a very, very early age. Um, I probably even tried, was dabbling in business when I was 12 and 13 and 14, uh, growing stuff and selling it in local shops and all that kind of thing. Uh, so I, I, was a, I was a reasonable employee, but not the best employee in the world uh, because I kind of wanted to do my own thing from a very early age. I, I put up with being an employee, but I probably made it very tough for my bosses, to be honest with you, because I was always questioning. Uh, could we not do it somewhere different? Could we not do this? Could we not do that? And um, so someone told me just do it. And I kind of got, hmm, I might. Um, but I was always thinking, you know, this could be done better, and uh, this could be done differently. Um, so that that moved on. Then I ended up here in Navan as general manager of a corrugated uh, plant in in Beechmont, um, in the early nineties, I suppose. Um, and it was involved in making uh, corrugated boxes for the high-tech sector, the IBMs and the 
it was very, very fast and furious business, amazingly high-tech business, even though we were making um, a relatively low-tech product because the product was going into an extremely high-tech industry. We learned all the best skills of how to service high-tech industry. So we learned how to deal with IBM, how to deal with Apple, how to talk the language, how to quote for business, how to complete, um, you know, so how to give them what they wanted. Um, and that's a skill then that we took into Epicom, a kind of a, a mindset that uh, solutions orientated, um, everything is possible, uh, there is a solution, we just need to find it. Um, and uh, I suppose that has helped us down the years. I was fortunate in, in to, to team up with uh, my business partner, Tom McDonald, who I've been in business with since the beginning. We're 50-50 partners since day one. Mm. Um, and to be honest with you, one of the things that, uh, again, discussed earlier was about, you know, how you do this thing. I don't believe it, it's that easy to do this on your own. Um, there are, it's very, very tough uh, building a business. And there are loads of days where you need someone to give you a leg up. Yeah. Uh, where you are at a very low ebb and the next punch could finish you um, and you need someone to say it's okay I have your back you keep going um, and uh, the relationship with uh, Tom has, has meant that uh, we've, we've bounced off each other we've studied each other up as, as we say when we're in the trenches each of us has got his, the other's back um, that's hugely important um, so you know in the 19 years yeah we've got many 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 kicks mm. some of them almost fit. Um, and yet, I'd say if either of us was on our own, we'd be finished. Uh, but together we weren't. So there is power in, in, in a network. So within the company, there's that network. And then myself and Tom invest a lot of time in wider networks. And I don't mean selling networks, but I mean support networks. Mm. So be it the Buying Valley Food Innovation District, even though it's us trying, it is a network. And it is when you sit down and talk to to the red pile again and you talk to him for half an hour you go away recharged mm. it's not necessarily that he's giving you anything but but you come away recharged and I think uh, this is what we're talking about um, in the, the food innovation district is is about uh, showing people that it's possible um, I don't know if you've seen the, the O'Donovan brothers recent uh, clip the two the two boys from Skibberine and uh, they have a new video out and, uh, about um, 10 or 11 minutes. Uh, uh, and while they seem like two lads that are having a lark, yeah. they're not. Um, and it came to the end of it and they were talking about, you know, what this means, this, this silver medal means for Dan and Skibberine. They said it, it means that when a 12-year-old kid comes into Skibberine in the future and says they want to win an Olympic medal, nobody will laugh at them. And I, I thought, like, as a business message, that's extremely important. So, you know, if somebody says you can't do something in County Meat, go talk to Ray Coyle. And is there enough people like Ray Coyle and yourself right, giving that peer-to-peer -peer support? Do you think it's something that more business leaders and, and, and people in the business community, even on a smaller scale, yeah. should be looking at in terms of that social entrepreneurship or, or that, that help? But, there, there are, there, there can always be more. Like, it's like everything. So, I mean, it's funny, the people who are volunteers are volunteers. So, you know, I was a serial GA head for many, many years. Uh, my wife is a serial community games head for 19 years. Um, it's, it's funny, Gary O'Mara, the enterprise manager, is a serial soccer volunteer. Like, these things are, 
they are part of DNA. Mm. Uh, people who opt out, opt out. People who opt in, opt in. Now the other side is there is a whole bunch in the middle um, who are looking to do a little bit and have a little bit of time. Not everybody has the the time necessarily, and, and certainly even for many many years of my career, you know, my kids were young. It's very hard to have the time for this extra work. Um, but you know, some of them, it's it's about creating a platform where they can donate an hour, two hours, a talk you know, a bit of coaching. But if you ask them to do something every week on a Tuesday, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in, even in the GAA, you know, I can't train a team three nights a week, but I can cut the grass. If you allow me to cut it when I want to cut it. So the, the whole, this whole thing as well is that uh, there are people who are just doing it all the time. And then it's about creating a platform to allow other people to say, well, I could help there for an hour and I could help there for an hour. And it's also important to recognize that if that's what they can do, that's great. Mm. That should not be looked down upon. And then maybe in two or three or five or ten years' time, they will then take up a different role um, and someone else will be doing an hour. Mm-hmm. So I do think as a nation, um, the, it is about building back a little bit of the camaraderie that has missed. You know, the, I think the boom um, created a lot of um, walls and people suddenly were where everybody was working for themselves to a large extent. There needs to be more community, generally community. Um, the GA, for example, do it brilliantly. Uh, business needs to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this idea that you build a successful business and you build a wall around it and tell nobody mm-hmm. um, is, is, is not good for uh, society um, and it's not good for you know com- the community in general. Um, and I think uh, you know more and more openness is is important uh, to help. I suppose, re- redevelop um, uh, employment, certainly in, in regional Ireland. The, um, it's fair to say the economy has, has come right back from, from where it was and it's, 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 it's looking good. Not everybody in me would, would agree with that, that their ships have risen with the tide. Mm. Um, is there any, any, I mean, you talk about learnings, you mm. know, and you're talking about things, things that need to be learned, lessons learned from the past. Is there anything there on the, on the horizon that would concern you uh, in regard to our economy and its progress? Well, um, I am a little bit concerned about, uh, about the concentration of resources and effort in the Greater Dublin area. Um, I am from West Clare, uh, and that will never change. Uh, I live in County Meath, I work in Nava. Um, things are, are improving, and that's brilliant. Um, but I do worry about the fabric of, of the country outside of Dublin. Um, and to have a fabric, um, there needs to be jobs, fundamentally. Um, so it's not going to be solved by um, social welfare, because everybody who comes out of school at 18 or 19 or 20 you know, wants to have an aspiration to get a career or a job or a trade and be self-supporting. You know, this idea that everybody wants to move to Dublin. Some people want to move to Dublin, and that's fine. But a lot of people actually want to stay where they grew up. Um, and I think we should do more t- to make that an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we should give up. And I think there is a little bit of, uh, there's nothing we can do about this. This has started and it will finish somewhere around the end 50. Um, and I would say no. And I think it's not about having a massive success. 
but it is having a number of small successes. Mm. Um, so, for example, if there's something we can do to do to make that, you know, one iota better, we should, um, and we will. And this goes back again to a big part of the passion behind this Blind Valley Food Innovation District is about doing it one job at a time, one company at a time. Um, but it's about doing something about it. So I do, I do think that um, we can't give up and say that uh, the, the powers of commerce and uh, you know, the wheels of commerce will make the ultimate decision. And that it sure isn't, you know, the country as a whole, balance sheet wise is better, I understand that. But there's probably 25 or 26 counties out there who might not 100% agree. Sure. And speaking of our own county, mm. you know, you've, you live and work in that, and um, Epicom, as you say, has mm. become a major employer in, in the town. How do you see uh, the county in terms of business? And I know the council have their, 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 their logo and their mantra of make it me. Mm. And, you know, we've brought in. Facebook, Shire is here, yeah. Evoke. We have brought in some, some, some of the bigger players to the outskirts of the county yeah. um, and they would bring their own rewards or, or, or no. Yeah. Um, where, where does Mead sit and, and, and where Epicom is situated in the enterprise sector in Navin in terms of positioning and, and, and what can the county do to leverage uh, what they've achieved so far? Okay, so I think, for, first of all, it's, it's the accepted successes. So it's not about... Um, you know, that there's anything wrong with what's happening. It's about what, ex what extra could you do to make it a little bit better. So I, I do think, you know, that, you know, it's wonderful to see these big employers come in and it's wonderful to see uh, opportunities in County Meat and Meat Enterprises doing a fantastic job. Um, and there's no but coming. Uh, we do need to keep doing more. And we need to do more also for the smaller companies. And again, sometimes it is forgotten that 85 to 90% of all the employment in the country is companies who employ less than 10 people. You know, I know there are these wonderful big announcements, and that is fantastic. Mm. It really is fantastic. However, a huge amount of the employment in the whole country is companies who employ less than 10 people. And, you know, they also need to be able to aspire to employ 12 people. And that, that's hard to do. And it's hard to resource that. And some of that has to come from a community effort because it's very, very hard to roll out, whether it be the IDA or Enterprise Ireland, across thousands of companies who want to take on one person. Mm. That's hard. It's, it's, maybe it's easier uh, to, to concentrate on someone who's bringing 3,500 jobs. And that is important too. Um, but if we don't address the 8 to 10 person companies, um, we're going to end up in a situation where, you know, back to where we talked about earlier, is that, you know, everything is feeding into the M50. Yeah. And these 10-person companies are in every small town and every village and, you know, um, all over. They're the lifeblood of the communities, these yeah. smaller companies. And they're family businesses and, they're, and there's, there's families built around these businesses. You know, whether it's your local butcher or, or your local mechanic, um, you know, it's important not to say, well, that's not really where we're focused. Mm. You kind of go, well, we, well, something should be focused on that. Fair enough, focus on the big stuff. But we have to have some focus on this most. Okay, and I, I'll ask you the final question. What's the ambition for Epicom going into uh, 2019, 2020? What's the, what's the grand plan? Um, 
uh, to break these international markets, um, mainly China, um, to to grow, uh, to expand, um, both in terms of the enterprise centre in Navan and hopefully hopefully another plant in Navan. Um, we also are making plans for the next step, um, even before we've completed this step, and that's the way we are too. So uh, we would like to see many openings. Um, and then, you know, uh, to, to be able to maybe uh, systemize that and share that around the place and, and allow companies in, in Bora or wherever, Bantry, you know, to be able to say, look, uh, can we pop up? Can you tell us, you know, what's best practice? Mm. And you kind of say, yeah, I can show you the route to where I got to here. If that's any use to you, you far ahead. And um, Because I think... Uh, that's that's part of what will help these companies uh, survive into the future. Those ten and twenty person companies to be able to, to sustain their business. Uh, so for us, yeah, uh, big focus on that. That's that's I suppose where we are. Um, but that doesn't mean we're going to not share with people outside of Nav. You know, be that anywhere in County Meat or anywhere in any of the neighbouring counties or anyone that, that comes that we can have, we probably. John Cunningham of Epicom, thank you very much for joining us. So that's it from Mind Your Own Business for this week. We hope you've enjoyed it and don't be afraid to share or retweet us. For more on today's guest, please check out this week's Mead Chronicle business page. And remember, if you'd like to feature in our Mind Your Own Business podcast, please drop me a line at news at meadchronicle.ie. We'll talk to you next week, folks.